Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries with John and Hannah. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about things that you can put in your GM kit. Okay, so this episode is related to a call-in we had a while back. I think it's from Jason, where he was talking about what we're going to include in our sort of GM's reference library. Now, hopefully we'll be talking a bit more in the future about books and things like that that inspire us. But we thought we'd start off by talking about a few things that, as far as we're concerned, a GM should have in their sort of GM pack, if you will. And now this could be, you know, things you throw in a bag that you're taking to a convention when and if things get back to normal. Or it could be things you have to hand when you're running a game online which for a lot of us is the only option mm-hmm. at the moment so let's kick things off first of all i'm gonna say index cards and pens now you might say whoa hold on a second john you said these could be for online games as well why do i need index cards if i've got things online well for me I find it very easy to just sort of like have a pack of index cards to hand. And if the player characters do something, and I think, oh, I must make a note of that for later on, I can just whoop an index card out, scribble something down. I haven't got to mess around with moving computer windows around. And I just put it to one side. At the end, I gather up my little pile of index cards. Then I can copy them into my final computer notes or whatever. Or if you're going to a convention, like an in-person convention, either before or after the, the present interesting times in inverted commas, you can put all your notes on a little pack of index cards they're very small they're very compact and the fact they are so compact encourages you when you're writing your note on them to only really pay attention to the important stuff because you haven't got masses of space on your standard sort of like three by five index card to include reams of stuff you don't need so it encourages you to be a bit more selective about your gm notes okay so next thing on the list is don't forget your dice or your dice roller if you're online um, yeah. One thing that often slows down sessions for me online is that I haven't remembered to queue up a link ready for when somebody says, oh, have you got the link for the dice roller? If I've got that there in a notepad waiting for me, I can just quick copy-paste it. Otherwise, I've got to search a dice roller because I use actual dice. And yeah, I mean... Yeah. As we know, though, even in in-person games, especially if you're a convention or something like that, someone always turns up and mm-hmm. they've not got the right dice or they've not got some dice. So you just having like either a dice roller or a set or two of spare dice is very handy. You know, if someone, if you're the GM, if like someone needs to borrow some, or even if you're a player, you know, if you're willing to like, lend them out to other people for the duration of the session, it can be very handy. So you know, you've not got to scratch around for dice and stuff like that. You've got a spare set there. But also, if you're comfortable with using a dice roller, they are a space saver because you can get lots of apps that allow you to roll dice on your phone. So if you're, like, trying to travel light to a game, you can just put a little app on your phone, and as long as no one objects, you can just, like, click it, You don't want to take dice. your good dice to a convention, or if you don't want to have arguments about whether or not it's a fair dice, yeah. dice rollers can solve those arguments as well. Also, as well, as as we know, sort of conventions aren't cheap, certainly the in-person ones. So if you're already paying for your hotel and your transport and stuff like that, and you're trying to do it on a budget, like I've done this before, you know, where you head down and you've literally got like a rucksack with you, you've got to fit your clothes in it, your notes for your games, anything you want to take with you has got to go in that little rucksack. I mean, not having to put a big bag of dice in there can save you an awful lot of space, which you can use for other important things like booze and food. <laughs> So, the next thing on our list is a reference sheet or a GM screen. Now, this is particularly important for 
if you're going to be running a game. Now, I put out a YouTube video recently where I was talking about the BX Monster Reference Index, and that's a tiny little book that's got a lot of random tables and all of the monster stats for basic D&D, and mm-hmm. just in a very simple table format. Now, compared to if I was taking all of my bestiary books, mm-hmm. that would save me a hell of a lot of space, and I'm not lugging around a secondary bag full of heavy-ass books. Even if you're doing a homebrew game, it's really handy to just have a couple of notes of your basic, uh, here's how this particular rules mechanism works, Yeah, there written down in front of you, that you can then quickly show to a player if they want to know how that works. And... Yeah, it helps you remember as well and keep consistency in your game. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think we can sort of inc- sort of fold cheat sheets into this point as well, mm-hmm. because lots of games they'll have like a summary sheet or a cheat sheet. Although to be honest, if your game doesn't and you know it fairly well, there's nothing to stop you creating your own with the tables and whatnot that you commonly use. I've done this for a few games like Lamentations of the Flame Princess and stuff like that, just so I've got like a two A four sheet with all the common rules on it. And just being able to fold that up on a piece of paper, tuck it into the pocket of your bag or whatever, if that saves you having to take like two or three books, mm-hmm. that's great. Okay, so let's move on to the next one, which is blank character sheets. Yep, so uh, depending on how your game runs, you're probably going to end up with some character deaths at some point in the game. Yeah. Um, or if not, there might be a new player suddenly turns up out of nowhere. I think we've all had that happen once or twice as well. Yeah. And it's just nice to have those blank character sheets there. I mean, sometimes it's just that one of the players has written so many notes and crossed out and rewritten so many things because the character's yeah, been there so they, they need a fresh sheet. They just need a fresh bit yeah. of paper to write it on neatly. Uh, yeah, and I think we can, again, also like fold um, like pre-gen characters into this because yeah. depending on it, if you're running like a scenario at a convention, it may be easier and more time-efficient to just have a selection of pre-gens that people can just select from so they can get straight into the game and not spend a lot of time gening their own characters. And this is something that um, when I've been doing the game with the like A characters, the main characters, and then the B characters that just turn up for the That's your Star Trek game, yeah. Yeah. Um, the B characters would effectively be like pre-gen characters. You need okay. them there ahead of the game to take to the game. And having like a little pile of random Klingon thug random Norsican assassin, random yeah. Ferengi trader, random Vulcan scientist. Yeah, so sort of archetypal characters. Just just a little bag of NPCs that you can pick at, and while that's more character, it does sort of tie back to your references from earlier. Just having like a couple of random bits to pick at to save you having to do work during the game yeah and i mean i think if you're running like a campaign game and someone dies you can maybe as we've said before you can maybe schedule a break depending on the system and that will give them time to create a new character however there's always going to be times when someone might lose a character and they're not really sure what they want to start playing yet or maybe you haven't really got enough time for them to gen up a full character. So if you've got some pre-gens there, you can be like, oh, I'll pick one of these pre-gens. You can play that for the rest of the session. If you like it, you can carry on playing it. That can be your new character. If you don't, 
end of the session we'll bin that character off and you can create a new one in time for the next session and at least it means you've not got one player sat around twiddling their thumbs for the whole session because that's going to be really boring for them and obviously most of us would prefer that everyone can get straight back into the action and enjoying the game as quickly as possible so the last on this short list is a book of random tables slash a name list now obviously there's varying degrees of enthusiasm for random tables out there personally i love them i think they're great as idea generators or you know if you get stuck you can roll on a random table i mean obviously i, I run a lot of sort of old school sort of D style games which random tables are like a big part of but even if you're not running a D&D style game, having like just a list of names that are appropriate for your mm. genre can be very handy. Now, this is where if you're running a game online, you've got a bit of an advantage here because there's a million and one different websites out there with random name it's generators a name on. Generator, yeah, it's and preferred. Yeah, Donjon's got some great uh, fancy name generators on as well. But you can just click on that in your in like a different browser window, and you can bring up a list of names. That's absolutely great. And there's other random generators for practically everything you can think about under the sun. However, we do tend to sort of like some sometimes forget about these when we're doing like more sort of like in-person games mm -hmm. you know but just having even if like say you're going to a convention the next day like back when sort of like real conventions are happening then maybe just go onto that random generator like the night before and maybe just print off a list of like 20 30 names or whatever then while you're running the game if suddenly one of the player characters develops a an overwhelming interest in oh what can you tell me about this like random doorman npc at the hotel and you've got nothing written down about it apart from like, he's the doorman at the hotel at the very least you'll be able to look at your list of names and go oh yeah he's called richard tompkins and obviously if you've got like an, another list of like characteristics or whatever you can quickly piece something together without you having to like think loads about it and add to your sort of cognitive load before you actually run the game so there we are those are five things we think gms should put in their gm pack index cards and pens references and gm screens dice rollers or dice rolling app whatever you prefer blank character sheets and a book of random charts and names so we hope that's been useful and interesting for you those are the sort of things we tend to take with us when we go to like conventions or when we're running games in person or online if you'd like to get in touch with us, maybe tell us what you put in your GM pack or ask us any other questions or perhaps even suggestions you'd like to see in future episodes. You can do so in a number of ways. You can leave us a voicemail message using the SpeakPipe website. There's a link down below. Or you can send us a message on Anchor. Again, link in the description. Or if you prefer to send us an email, you can do so via the address rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Until we see you next time, take care, stay safe, and keep gaming. Bye.